G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. But with a countdown on for Victorians going to a state election in November, Christian activists and advocates for traditional families will be ensuring a response to woke policies that are on the political agenda. Recently, the growing movement called Binary which I might say now has something like 60,000 subscriber supporters, well, they conducted a community survey in four key Victorian seats. They were seeking an indication of what voters really think about the aggressive promotion of radical gender theory in schools. It follows on from the serious developments in Victoria where the Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has attempted to progress his progressive political ideology that he promised he would do at the start of this term. It includes an accusation that his policies expose children as young as three to sexualized content under the guise of anti-bullying or LGBT acceptance programs. Well, there are a lot of issues in the headlines on woke ideas including the Manly Rugby League rainbow jersey controversy and the fact that the Commonwealth Games gets underway tomorrow morning our time and the usual issues of transgender athletes, they'll be prominent, uh, even erasing biological women in sport. Well, our special guest over this next hour, Kiralee Smith, leads Binary and has been one of the prominent voices standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society. Kiralee, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. Kiralee, let's start with your Binary survey. Uh, give us some insight into how you went about that and we'll get into some of the results from it. Yeah, sure, Neil. We uh, decided to ring thousands of Victorians uh, in some particularly key seats, including Dan Andrews' seat, and we asked them just some simple questions because what's becoming increasingly clear to us is that people are not very aware of these issues, but we come aware of them, they're utterly opposed to them. So the two questions that we focused on for this survey uh, of Victorian parents in particular was, were they aware that Dan Andrews and his government are aiming gender ideology programs at children as young as three. Now, less than 50% of parents knew that that was happening, but more than 80% of parents were opposed to that happening. And the second question was, were they aware that there is a policy through the Victorian Department of Education that schools can facilitate transitioning their children without parental knowledge or consent. Now, less than 30% of respondents were aware that that is actually happening. Almost 90% were utterly opposed to that. So there's a massive disconnect between awareness of what's going on and what the public perception or opinion of that would be. Now, just to pause here a moment, Kiralee, we've had these sorts of conversations before and 
regular listeners to this program know that this sort of topic comes up with some frequency, but it just isn't in the mainstream media commentary. And people are not talking about this on the majority of media that Australians are listening into. What are your thoughts here about the fact that this sort of stuff happens like undercover? It's it's a you know it's an undercurrent that goes on uh, these things that are happening under the radar. Absolutely, and look spiritually, we know the deeds of darkness. That's what they are, and they want to remain hidden because once they're dragged into the light and we expose them. Uh, most reasonable people are utterly opposed to these things, and so it, it's very much spiritual battle, but it's, it goes well beyond uh, Christians or a faith-based opinion of these matters because most parents uh, understand that it's their responsibility and their privilege to raise their own children and that they will do a much better job of that than the state or uh, the school can. The school is yes. for education, not for indoctrination and not for making very serious health diagnoses when it comes to these children. That is reserved for health experts and the parents. You know, interestingly, if you bring Dan Andrews into a conversation, it sounds like uh, this is a conservative type of attack on Dan Andrews and uh, he's got to be removed at all costs uh, from his position as Premier and as the government in Victoria. But uh, just to take this above politics for a moment, uh, my suspicion is that the Liberal Party in Victoria... Uh, renowned not to have any backbone at all, not even likely to even win the election because uh, there's strong leadership in the Andrews government. And even if they were to win the election in November, that the same issues would still be there because these sorts of policies we're talking about seem to have the support of the Liberal Party. That's correct. Well, if they don't have the support, they definitely don't, they're not opposed to it. Um, I, I don't know where a lot of the, the Liberal members stand on it, which is very disturbing. Uh, there's some very little rays of hope here and there where redeeming was just uh, given pre-selection for the Liberal Party uh, in Western Metro area, I believe it is, in Victoria. So that's really good. If you have any listeners who are in that area, please look into Moira Deeming because she's very firm on these issues. But overall, you are absolutely right, Neil. There is a, a, such a void and a disappointment uh, when it comes to any opposition to Daniel Andrews and these horrendous policies that are doing damage to our children and uh, you know the best maybe that we can hope for is to remove some of the more radical elements in that Victorian election but as an organisation Binary will be doing everything we can to educate parents, grandparents, concerned citizens as to what these agendas are and what they can do about them. It's difficult to hold a government to account if there's no real alternative to vote for. And uh, so a lot of listeners might be in a little bit of despair around that. And and I do want to open our talkback lines and invite listeners into the conversation. Uh, just give us an insight, and particularly Victorian listeners today, about how you might be feeling about these things. I was chatting just the other day with the, uh, the founders of the resurgent Family First Party, and there is a, a, a family foundation, Judeo-Christian foundation, to the sorts of things they'll talk about, and they'll be looking to get an upper house seat in the Victorian election coming up. Have you been monitoring along what sort of political insights 
uh, and activism that parties are bringing into the campaign in Victoria. Kiralee, any thoughts here? Oh, no, look, and, you know, I would wholeheartedly support parties like Family First, even Bernie Finn, who was recently expelled from the Liberal Party, uh, the Liberal Party because of his pro-life stance. So there, there are some options, most definitely. Uh, we as an organisation are most concerned at the moment about stopping Dan Andrews' agenda. Uh, so we, it, it takes so much energy and resources, Neil, to uh, educate and raise that level of awareness. So that's our primary focus. Um, is, it's amazing to me that even in those two issues we talked about, that three-year-olds are being targeted with gender ideology and that uh, parental rights are being removed. People are not aware, and even when we show them the policies, the documents, they're still so stunned and shocked and can't believe that it's true. So we have a massive job ahead of us in um, in doing those things. Undoubtedly, towards the end of our conversation, uh, I'll ask you about uh, whether you've got a campaign uh, fighting fund uh, to bring these things to the attention of Victorian voters. Uh, but just quickly, is is there uh, a little bit of insight here, uh, a growing uh, base that wants to make sure that, you know, there's at least some funding that gets the word out here or support for these other political type campaigns that will be going on that do actually fight for Absolutely. family values? Yes. Uh, what, what have you got planned, yes. uh, Kiralee? Yeah, well, look, um, you know, it's... it's, it's it's a matter of as many resources as we can get will fuel the fire. And already we have made a significant investment into campaigning on this issue. It hasn't been an election campaign, but an, uh, an issue-based campaign. And uh, with that, we've, we've already in the last month attracted 5,000 brand new uh, supporters who weren't aware of this issue. Now, for every one person that uh, becomes aware of this issue, they then can uh, read out their network. So that, that's the most effective way that we can do this, but to get the content in front of people, to uh, be talking to the politicians, to be lobbying the politicians, to be raising awareness and putting together information packages that people can share does require resources. And uh, we have a very targeted campaign, a very specific campaign. Uh, we are you know, coming to the end of that first phase and, and we are about to roll into a far more dedicated election campaign uh, where we will, you know, have things like truth trucks and billboards and advertising and doing all of those things to really pressure the politicians. Because as you know, Neil, they all care about the numbers. And if they don't, they want, if they don't under, sorry, if the population or the voters aren't aware of these issues, they're not going to vote according to the issues. But if they are aware of these issues, then they will let the politicians know and the politicians will be forced to act. So that's the strategy that we and other organisations play coming into this Victorian election. Numbers mean strength. And as you say, politicians are interested in numbers. And when I said a little earlier, you've got something like 60,000 supporters uh, who've been following binary and as you're saying with a campaign like the one that just uh, gets word out that this is actually what's happening in your electorates in Victoria 5,000 more supporters have uh, come on board Correct. so 
And you know, the interesting thing is uh, that this would be one of the simplest things that people could do. And uh, my encouragement, uh, not hiding anything here for listeners who are listening to our conversation today, uh, to do something that is proactive, to actually be a part of that support base of what's going on in binary. If 5,000 can join over this past uh, few months, uh, you never know, you could get another 5,000 today if everyone acted. Coming back to the parents, though, Kiralee, uh, around 80% of parents indicating they're opposed to children as young as three being indoctrinated into queer theory. Uh, some might be saying, is it only 80% of parents? Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the 20% who think that's fine? Well, I also, again, I don't think they understand the depth of this issue and the consequences that it has. I, I really believe it comes down to a lack of awareness. Uh, you know, there's obviously always a cohort that are, we must be loving, we must be tolerant, we must accept everyone and we must expose children to these things. But I don't think they understand that the level of sexual content because we're talking about sexual orientations and sexual identities that are for adults only. They're not for children and they don't need to be in schools. Children do not need to be uh, reading the books that we know are available and in school libraries that are being promoted avenues such as the Scholastic Book Magazine and Book Club. Um, these issues, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but just last week, uh, you know, a, a father in Sydney went to pick up his child from daycare or after-school care that was plastered in trans flags, pride flags, uh, colouring in sheets, uh, just an enormous amount of content around LGBT for his five-year-old. Now, five-year-olds... Uh, often play and engage and make believe and pretend, but they do not need to be doing this around sexual identity. So um, I don't think a lot of parents are aware of what's happening. I don't think that those parents, those 20% that you're referring to, understand the reality of that situation and what it actually means for their children in schools. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to have your say on the things we're talking about today. Our special guest is Kira Lee Smith. Kira Lee leads Binary, binary.org.au. And uh, Kira Lee, we'll take some calls in just a few moments. But first of all, you mentioned that this is a part of the policy of the Andrews government and uh, parental rights are under threat here. I wonder if you've got some insight here into what that policy actually says for listeners who might be doubtful that you're even talking about things that are relevant. Yeah, well, that's right. We often get accused of taking things out of context or, or not even having a proof. But this comes directly from the Victorian Department of Education, which... Dan Andrews and his government are responsible for and it says and I quote there may be circumstances in which students wish or need to undertake gender transition without the consent of their parents or without consulting medical practitioners and it goes on to say that they may be it may be necessary for the school to consider whether the student is a mature minor now I think that is that they that the school that school staff who go to university to learn how to educate children think that they can transition students at their school 
or without the consent of parents or without consulting medical practitioners. This is just mind-blowing stuff. When you consider that uh, transitioning children can and often include leading to puberty blockers and cross hormones that are irreversible and have absolutely terrible consequences uh, for these children and the Victorian policy explicitly states this can be done without parental consent or without consulting medical practitioners. Is it interesting? You might have your own insight here, but when you get a, a an inclusion in a policy like that, uh, let's just create one or two sentences that leaves open a grey area, uh, then those sorts of ideological positions can be implemented. You can override the parents, you can override medical practitioners, teachers get to make the decision. Uh, that's sort of this grey area. Any thoughts here on, on how these sorts of policies leave so many uh, dangerous loopholes? Well, it's quite dangerous because who determines, uh, you know, whether that's in the best interest of the student or not? And this policy is saying it's the teachers get to decide what's in the best interest of the student over and above medical practitioners and parents. You and I know that parents are the best place to make those decisions for their children, followed closely by medical health practitioners. And this policy, then coupled with things like the uh, conversion therapy laws in Victoria, are dangerous for our children, are very dangerous for families. And as you said, the areas are so grey, but I think very much trending towards the black and that darkness that we, we referred to earlier, where students, children, are going to be the victims of this radical agenda. Okay, 1-800-316-316. Let's take some calls. Glenn is in Victoria. Hi, Glenn. Welcome along. Oh, good morning to both of you. Thanks for having me. Glenn, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are that uh, bodies like binary, um, the ACL and... Um, other uh, bodies that are doing the moral stance against this sort of stuff from the Andrews government, they're not uh, easy enough to find. I would like to see television used, among other mediums, um, where they can actually have a, a um, an awareness campaign run, perhaps called something like Did You Know? And then you can uh, trot out some of this stuff that we're talking about so people can be aware. But unfortunately, it seems that we have to hunt for good uh, Christian content, and we have to hunt for bodies that are going to t- take on Daniel Andrews. I'd like to see television used and people made aware of what's going on. It, it seems like it's not the mediums aren't being used, and I understand it costs money, but maybe it needs bipartisan from some of these uh, bodies to get together, like the ACL and Binary and, and Family First, so they can pool their resources. Your comment on that? Yeah, that's a good comment, uh, Glenn. Uh, thoughts here from Kiralee. Thanks, Glenn, and it's a great comment, and it's something that all of I, I I'm fairly confident uh, the other organisations as well as ours try to do. And there's the two aspects: one is the resources to get advertising on those mediums is an enormous amount. A full-page colour ad, I think, in the Herald Sun is around forty to sixty thousand a day. So that's just really. Uh, exclusive, like it excludes uh, organisations such as our own. Um, the television stations in particular, 
I know have blocked and barred um, our organisation and others that you may have mentioned there. Uh, they sent our content on social media. We suffer from what's called shadow banning. So um, I constantly am told by people, oh, why don't you post things anymore? I post things several times a day, every single day on social media. So we're up against a aggressive agenda to silence us, to cancel us and to keep us quiet. So when we run our campaigns, uh, we do and we rely heavily on the grassroots. And that's where, uh, you know, in the last month we've invested into uh, resources and getting our message to, to like-minded people who can then get it to like-minded people who can then get it to like-minded people. We will be stepping up and getting things like the truth trucks. Uh, they will be... Um, you know, like their mobile billboards, we will have them in strategic places in Victoria. Uh, we will try and raise money for some of those ads um, and online advertising as well. But it is very, very difficult to do. And I agree. We wish our mainstream media to report on these issues. And uh, they would rather ignore us, um, even to the point of they won't criticise us. They just ignore us and try and keep us silent. So it's a great point, Glenn. And uh, any assistance we can get in that area would be greatly appreciated. Glenn, thank you so much for your call. And we may want to expand on some of those thoughts as we go in the conversation. But uh, 1-800-316-316, let's take another call. D is in South Australia. Hi, D. Welcome. Oh, hi. How are you going? Very good, D. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, so I hope this makes sense. I've been nutting this through my head for a while now. And um, the damage that's being done, especially now, you know, three-year-old kids, if if they are being subjected to this, um, oh, what do you call it, this um, alternative lifestyle decisions, um, and then all our kids are at school together. So I know, I know as children, you know, you naturally, this is the way we're made. Even as little kids, we're naturally attracted. A little girl might be attracted to a little boy or vice versa. And it's just very innocent and very, you know, the way it should be. Nothing sinister in it. Now we're going to have these other poor little mites that are having their heads mucked up. And I call it mucked up because I just think we should let them develop the way they should. If they get to 20 and they want to join this lifestyle movement, that's their choice. In the meantime, they haven't been, they haven't been brainwashed pretty much because that's what teaching and childcare and child rearing does. You're actually inflicting a whole bunch of our own stuff onto our kids. And then we've got little kids in the playground approaching other kids, so that of the same gen like this is the same gender. This is just absolutely D, my head up. Uh, brainwashing, indoctrination, those sorts of things. As you're saying, they come to mind very easily when you start to understand how this works when it's children this young. Yeah, and, but Kiralee, exactly the longer term implications, longer term implications. And how children are and how kids are going to behave towards each other, and yep. how it's just it's they are. I'd like to tell you a let's, story. Uh, let's hear no, from Kiralee. Kiralee, your thoughts? Wrong. 
South Australia, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, 1-800-316-316. You know, a lot gets said uh, from the top in state governments, Kiralee, and uh, just not long out from news, I might say, but about keeping people safe. That's what we went through with the whole uh, COVID-19 lockdowns and such things. Uh, Is there a call that's not getting heard in the corridors in Victoria Parliament about keeping the children safe? Uh, Absolutely. And maybe in the next half hour, we can talk more specifically about the effects of these things and how it is deliberately creating an unsafe environment for our children. Some conversations of recent times with paediatricians and uh, some insights into what policies like those that are really prevalent in Victoria will actually mean for children. Any insight here into what uh, Victorian listeners in particular, but all listeners all around Australia, might need to know about the effects of these things on children? Yes, and there's there's more to say than there is time to say it, Neil. But um, Dr. Dylan Wilson is an, a, a Queensland paediatric specialist and he has written an open letter to GPs. He's published it on the internet. We've republished it on our website and I've had a conversation with him and it's very, very disturbing that uh, the majority of these children who are going down this pathway are either autistic have other mental health issues or trauma or abuse. Now, when we're told by the gender clinics, particularly the Melbourne Gender Clinic, which is the most aggressive in this area, that uh, puberty blockers are a pause or are uh, reversible, it's absolutely not true. Uh, What these puberty blockers do to a child's body is to to stop it from developing uh, the way it's meant to. So I guess in a sense it is, it pauses that development, but then it doesn't continue. And so these children across the board that are being put on puberty blockers do not develop sexually. They have no sexual function. They become sterile. They have bone density issues and brain development issues. And that is not being discussed in this whole debate. That is a medical and clinical reality of what is happening with these children. Um, 100% of them will go on to cross-sex hormones, which means that 
They have a child's body that is then either with testosterone or estrogen being masculinized or feminized, but it's very uh, limited in, in its function and what it can do and uh, really robs that child of uh, a full adult experience uh, that God has designed for us. So it's, it's a, a tragedy unfolding before our very eyes. Dan Andrews and his government with their conversion therapy laws and the other policies don't want us to be able to even discuss these issues, let alone do something about them, and it's horrifying. Well, our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Your opportunity to contribute to our conversation today. You might have a question, a comment, even a critique about the things we're talking about. 1-800-316-316. You might be a parent. You might like to give us your insight. Were you aware of these things that were going on? Are you aware that school teachers will have the final say on your children's uh, development in these areas? 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Robert is in Warrnambool in Victoria. Hi, Robert. Welcome along. Hello there. Robert, what's... Yeah, I just had... Yep. Yeah, my comment is this, um, that uh, a very cost-effective way which is still legal and appropriate, is to, is to, uh, is to do letterbox drop of a suitable pamphlet um, explaining what you've, just, what you've just said, actually, on the leaflet, just a simple leaflet. Um, I get estate agents um, leaflets all the time. It seems to be quite um, a legitimate to do, a thing to do, even though some people don't want, you know, so-called junk mail, but people still look at it. And that would be a very cost-effective way um, to reach people, and preferably on a neutral basis, because a lot of people don't have any current religious connections. So we have to be clear clear that it's not, you know, some sort of um, um, religious uh, uh, sort of uh, um, uh, statement. But, but, I, but that's what I think. That would be very. Robert, you're making a, a good point here and back to the ways that you publicise these so that ordinary people in electorates across the whole state of Victoria at least know what the game is. And coming back to some very basic things that can be relatively cost-effective, uh, dropping letterboxes, uh, letter, uh, leaflets in letterboxes. Kiralee, your thoughts for Robert? Yeah, absolutely right. I agree. And that will be a part of our election uh, campaign strategy. We do need to have authorisations and uh, you have to... Uh adhere to particular rules to be able to do that around an election campaign, which we will adhere to. Uh, we will in Victoria who could sign up as a volunteer to do that, to do that with us. That would be fantastic. And just to Robert's point as well, I am a Christian. I have a Bachelor of Theology. I am born again. I love Jesus with all my heart and soul and strength. However, Binary is a secular organisation because this issue affects people across the board of all faiths or no faith. Uh, in fact, we have a lot of uh, lesbian and gay supporters. We also have transsexual supporters who do not want this sort of content uh, targeted at children. So I agree with your points, Robert. Thank you for raising them. And uh, yeah, we're, we're right across that and we'll do our best to get this information into the hands of people who need it. Robert in Warrnambool, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Just to pick up on this for a few moments here. When you are talking about protecting children, it's not just a Christian focus. That There are people who are a part of that 
Uh, people talk about in the alphabet, uh, the LGBTQIA, uh, where you'd fit in that uh, spectrum of different people who uh, have a way of identifying their sexuality, uh, that lots of them disagree with these sorts of policies too because it actually hurts uh, their own position. <laughs> Thoughts here about just how messy That's that correct. gets? How, does, how messy does it get? Very, because, you know, basically for the LGB component of that alphabet group, biology matters. You know, physical bodies are what they're attracted to and beyond. It's ideological. It's a, it's an idea. It's a feeling. It's a thought. And so uh, even today, it was announced in the UK, and a barrister who's lesbian won her case for discrimination because she, she dared to say that biology matters and her... Uh, law firm uh, basically discriminated against her for saying that and said that she wasn't being inclusive in inverted commas. Uh, so this this is uh, this is a situation where they you know we call it they're eating themselves in a sense because uh, where they've made alliances in the past those alliances are now being broken because for one cohort biology matters for the other we need to deny biology so it isn't very messy as you said. And you've got Christians in the mix here, and some people even argue, well, Christians should just stay out of this. Well, Christians are, in fact, the only ones looking to protect the well-being of the people who are even within that set of LGBTQIA, uh, because they won't be told the truth. When you come down to it, yeah. Kiralee, doctors... And this is according to the legislation, as I understand it, over this conversion therapy. Doctors are not allowed to tell the truth to the patients either. So somebody has to speak up and say, you're not being told the truth. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And as we've said many times on this program, Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth and the life. And God is love. So truth is love. And I believe the most loving thing that we can do as Christians is to speak this truth because children are being put on a path of irreversible harm. And the most loving thing we can do is stop that, is to make people aware that this is a pathway for children. No person on earth, Neil, not one, has ever changed their sex. It is impossible to do. Sex is written on every chromosome in your body. Uh, it's in your the hormones you produce, your reproductive system. It is. It is who we are biologically as a person. You cannot change that. You can you can make believe, you can you can appropriate, you can do a whole lot of things, but it will never be a fully satisfied transition. And so the most thing we can do as Christians is to speak the truth and to prevent children from going down this absolutely devastating pathway where they will not reach sexual maturity, they will not have any sexual function, they will be infertile and they will have other serious physical side effects. Kiralee, there's lots more to be said, but I don't want to miss the opportunity to get your insights into some other big issues that are going on. And, uh, of course, the Manly NRL Football Club uh, rainbow jersey controversy, uh, that's a big one. And uh, just to touch on that for a moment, because I want to get onto the Commonwealth Games, which start uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, the opening ceremony happens our time early in the morning. Uh, just a thought or two from you around the, the football club controversy, because this is a, a trans issue as well, isn't it? 
100% because that that rainbow jersey is meant to incorporate the LGBT plus community. And uh, these seven players, let me commend them. Congratulations. Well done. And I hope that more men of integrity will stand up and do the same thing. Sport should be about sport, not about political ideologies. Um, but it, it is a, a, a very serious issue. And what it's exposed is that this whole inclusivity movement and using the word inclusion, is it's, it's a farce, it's a lie. It, it only includes those who agree. And any disagreement or any... And there's, my understanding is they've been extremely respectful in this, um, but their position is not included in this inclusivity drive. And it just, again, reveals the true agenda uh, behind what's going on. Uh, I I just want to say too, I'm encouraged by the thousands of comments that people are making on social media supporting these seven men and I I really do hope it empowers others to do the same. So the hypocrisy is that it's not inclusive at all if it doesn't include Christians. Uh, Let me just move on. Uh, I know there's lots to be said on that and uh, another conversation (laughs) about that coming up after our conversation this morning. But the Commonwealth Games, uh, we'll be excited about that. I'm always excited to see the Commonwealth Games, watching our athletes in action. But again, it's going to be one of those things where there will be controversies around trans athletes uh, taking the places of women on podiums. Uh, What are your concerns for what's coming? Yeah, well, look, we'll be keeping a very close eye on the Commonwealth Games and on all the sports because not every sporting went out and made fair uh, fair calls when it comes to the playing field yet. So it will be very interesting to see what happens. As you know, we have a new friend, Deborah Axon, who is a five-time Commonwealth Games champion. Uh, very few athletes have achieved a 20-year career in the Commonwealth Games. She's not competing at these games. However, she's she had to compete against Laurel Hubbard at the last Commonwealth Games. He is a New Zealand weightlifter who identifies as female. He was injured during that competition. But uh, as Deborah found, that when there is transgender athletes or the transgender issue, instead of celebrating her five times Commonwealth Games, her dual Olympic uh, achievements, everything was about the transgender issue. So we'll be keeping a very close eye and commentating on what happens as these games unfold, uh, where we see that policies may not yet protect women and females uh, in, in each chosen sports, uh, sport representation. You mentioned a little earlier getting the word out about all of these things that you're fighting for, Kiralee. Um, we've talked about uh, letterbox drops and uh, one caller called in and said uh, there needs to be television campaigns and uh, you actually then uh, identified the huge cost that there is in buying advertising commercially for these sorts of things. Let me come back to how uh, listeners might be able to participate because you're calling on listeners to share the results of the survey that you've done for those electorates in Victoria using their social media. So I imagine that if you've got people who are signed up and part of what Binary is doing, uh, social media is one of those ways that people can actually get some sort of impact, extra impact for understanding these things and getting word out. Any thoughts here on how you can use your social media effectively? Yes, look, social media and email in particular are by far the most cost-effective and effective uh, modes of communication today. So uh, we encourage every 
clients to uh, that we have resources, downloadable resources on our page that uh, people can use, whether it's e-books about women in sport or parents' packs. Um, policy, you know, we talk to policies. We also have all of the blogs. We have a weekly email. The more those resources are shared through social media and through your own email channel, the more we grow. And um, as you know, you and I have said several times, Neil, we've doubled our numbers in the last sort of 12 to 15 months. Uh, we we're adding 5,000 a month at the moment with uh, these issues gaining more prominence in the media. Uh, people are concerned about it, but what you don't know, you don't know. And so if you do know about it, you need to do something about it. You have that uh, responsibility to be a good steward of that information. And so I really do encourage people to sign up at binary.org.au to share the information. And there will be other opportunities, uh, whether it's phoning politicians, emailing politicians, uh, phoning other supporters, doing some door knocking even, um, the letterbox drops. There will be lots and lots of opportunities moving forward from here. Volunteers on the ground to be engaged, to activate and to make a difference in this space. Uh, there are quite a number of these Christian-founded movements and uh, you know earlier people mentioned the Australian Christian Lobby. No doubt they'll have their own campaigns, as will Family Voice Australia or the Australian Family Coalition. Uh, but binary today, uh, some plans to move forward and a specific focus there into Victoria. Let me ask you about the politicians in Victoria, because, Kiralee, it's all very well to have a campaign to put a letterbox dropping or a social media campaign or advertising campaign, whether it's newspapers or television, Politicians, are they at all concerned that there is a Christian outcry that wants to defend these little ones, these children, or do they think there is no significance to the Christian vote? What are your thoughts here? Uh, I think at the moment a lot of them are unaware. Uh, again, it's this awareness issue. I think that they are in a bubble and they don't understand how the public really perceive them or perceive these issues and so that is big and I do I agree those other organisations are outstanding and must be supported Uh, the point of difference for us is that we are a single issue and we're only focused on this issue so we are able to dedicate 100% of our resources towards this and what we need to do is to make those politicians aware that there is a community backlash towards their attitudes of sexualising our children. Now, we already have had some media coverage in the Herald Sun and um, I believe we went viral on Twitter when we did that survey um, and on Facebook. Um, So politicians will be becoming more aware, but what we need to do is go over them with the numbers and say there is a large, a large number of Victorians who are against your push and they will vote. That's where it matters. It matters in the numbers. Well, Kiralee, time is running out uh, for uh, connecting with you at binary.org.au. As you said, uh, growing at 5,000 a month, uh, it could grow in 5,000 today if listeners were to connect with you at binary.org.au. The sorts of resources that are on your website. Now, uh, I know that in previous conversations, we've given some focus to an e-book 
the trans threat to women in sport. All of these sorts of things are connected and uh, all of these come into play with all of the woke issues that are on the agenda in Victoria. So those sorts of resources, things that people can arm themselves with, become confident to be able to discuss those things, uh, those are the the sorts of things people will find at binary.org.au. Yes, it is. Um, so if they go to the website, there's a, a tab called Campaigns and it will drop down. There's petitions that they can share with their friends. There's the ebook, as you've described. There's the survey results themselves that they can equip themselves with and then take it to their local MP um, and discuss these issues. We will give you, we'll put everything in your hands that you need to have that conversation with your friends, your family, your neighbours, your colleagues. Um, and in particular those uh, those MPs that are representing you and they need to hear from you. So we have done that work for you. We've presented it in a, a very palatable, very easy uh, format and uh, we encourage as many people to go and take a look and to share that information. Well, grassroots movements do need to have a focused level of leadership and uh, the way that leadership works, in this case, resourcing people so that they can be empowered to have a say. Well, Kiralee Smith leads Binary and has been one of those prominent voices standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society. We've talked about some of the consequences on this program. Uh, my encouragement is to connect with Binary, binary.org.au. Kiralee Smith, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.